going on, L.A.? What is going on? Alan Sliwa, Clinton Yates, Travis and Sliwa Show. We got a lot to get into uh, this morning. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Clinton, what's going on, man? I'm good, man. Quick question. Are you still playoff Sliwa no, when the um, Lakers are not playing in the playoffs? Yeah, no, I'm uh, first-round exit Slee. That's uh, – <laughs> I'm first. I'm game sixthly, uh, first round. That's it. That's, that's as far as uh, it goes. If if you're in the playoffs and things are going well, um, and somebody gives you the nickname, you take uh, take advantage of the situation. When you're eliminated, you're now reduced to first round exit slee. Okay. First round okay. exit slee. Uh, Clayton. Uh, so here we are. We get a chance to react after the Lakers obviously lose to the Phoenix Suns. So 113-100 yesterday. Lakers never in the game, outscored. One point in the first quarter, they're down 29 points. So mm. at no point did you feel like Lakers had a chance to pull to a game seven. Don't get me wrong, Lakers kind of made it interesting towards the end of the game. Got it all the way down to 10, but it was just such a, you know, obviously such a, a deficit to try to come back from. Um, kind of stunned here, to be honest with you. I mean, last night I did the post-game show, and... I think it's going to take some time for Laker fans and for the city of L.A. to let this sink in a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they had to kind of sit in it. You know, you talked about the the, the situation regarding never having a lead. It's one thing to lose a game like that in a buzzer-beater fashion, maybe even goes to overtime, or just sort of a regular-paced back-and-forth NBA game. This is what me and my buddies in college used to call a non-game. You know what I mean? There was no real purpose of tuning in unless you were a fan of either team. And even then, it wasn't necessarily the competitive matchup that you wanted. So I think for Laker fans, you had a little extra time, but you had to sit in your own sauce, for lack of a better term, for 48 whole minutes and listen to guys at halftime, you know, kind of razzing everybody. That was a different experience, I think, than most Laker fans were used to, not just in the playoffs, but in general this season, getting blown out and not even anything close to a win happening at all. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the show appear via the Goodyear hotline. Um, So let let me just kind of put this out there. Obviously, Clint and I are going to give our opinion uh, not just last night's game, but just the way the season went, looking forward, what are the Lakers going to do? So I'm going to throw out the phone number because I know uh, a lot of Laker fans want to react, and that's really going to be the platform of our show this morning. We want to hear from Laker fans. So 877-710-ESPN. Clint, there's a lot of angles that we can take, but I'll, I'll just oh, yeah. throw this out throw this out to Laker fans. You could present the topic that you want. So if you want to talk about Anthony Davis, you want to talk about LeBron, you want to talk about Lakers head coach Frank Vogel, the moves that Rob Palenka maybe did or didn't make, anything that you know you feel like is relevant this morning, let us know, and we'll take some of those calls, 877-710-ESPN. Um, Clint, this is how I want to start it. So it's, uh, it was kind of the way you described it, but let me kind of put this season in a nutshell for the Lakers. Obviously, I get the opportunity, and I enjoy every game doing it. Do the pregame and the postgame show. So there was a theme to this season. The theme was Lakers could never get into a flow or some type of a a rhythm where you felt comfortable, where you said to yourself, okay, this is real deal. Lakers are – watch out for the Lake show because if this continues, Lakers are only going to get better. And and I was even telling Michael Thompson Thompson this once – Anthony Davis kind of got it going in games two and three. I said, Michael, they might go win six, seven in a row in the playoffs. That's Mm. not unheard of because they were starting to get set up what we were all waiting for, which was just be ready for the postseason, just be healthy for the postseason. And exactly what was happening in the regular season 
happened in the postseason. Engines started going, and then bam, something happened. And unfortunately, where they had time uh, to recover back in February and March, they ran out of time in the playoffs. They were out in six games. I don't want to use this as an I told you so for all the people who we've interacted with on this station when the question was, do you try to get guys to gel or do you rest guys for the playoffs? My attitude was you rest them for the playoffs because they're not going to be able to gel anyway if they're not actually healthy. Sure. But I think that we saw a little bit of the effects of the shortened offseason, again, you know, the age of LeBron and whatever we want to describe Anthony Davis as his medical history sort of came back to haunt him in this situation. Exactly. As you said, they did not get into rhythm, but I think more largely, I want to commend the team and the franchise on this because it's easy to say that this playoff run or lack thereof makes last season look like a fluke. I I actually take that the other way around. I think it makes last season look a lot more impressive in terms of what they were able to keep together, how they were able to do that, considering the season that it was in total. Sure. It was going to be an impossible task, quite frankly, to come back on such a short offseason with the makeup of this roster and make a deep run considering who the opponents are. The Lakers aren't just playing against their quality of belief of themselves. They're playing against other opponents and other teams with more rest and, you know, just improved ability showed that they can compete with this team. And so throughout the regular season, you saw a Lakers squad that just couldn't quite get into gear, but that's because they had put so much on the table previously to try to bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy. By the way, it's kind of interesting you say that because as the season would go on, I kept saying, man, um, the competition this year in the playoffs, the, the, if the Lakers were to win an NBA championship, it was looking like, okay, you're going to have to take out Phoenix in the first round. There was a time where you thought you might have to play Clippers in the second round, then Utah, and then probably go face Brooklyn or Milwaukee or one of those other teams in the Eastern Conference, but most likely the Brooklyn Nets. The path this year we knew was going to be harder, right? Yeah. And the Lakers kind of had no margin for error, and this is the way the team was built. The way the team was built was LeBron and Anthony Davis, that's our foundation. If these guys can go... We got a legitimate shot to get back to the finals. Anything can happen from there. But if something didn't tweak or something didn't work right with those two players, then the Lakers were going to be in struggle. Oh, by the way, Anthony Davis went out with a calf strain, and I'm sure there was a lot a lot of people worried about his Achilles, which is why he sat out 30-plus games in the middle of the season. LeBron goes down with that ankle injury. Solomon Hill on kind of a freak play. He's out for 20 games. Comes back for two, then is out for six more games, and then comes back for the final two regular season games. Re-injures that ankle in the final regular season game against the Mm. Pelicans. Hey, let's walk into the playoffs. Like That was the setup walking into the postseason. Very Um, much building the plane as they flew in that situation, which uh, I think proved to be too difficult. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great way to put it. Building a a plane. I don't think you've got to say that like, oh, well, if we'd had this, if we'd had that. Well, you didn't. You know what I mean? And the reason you didn't is because of all of the things that came together in totality. So I'm not sure there's anything to be sort of angry about if you're a Lakers fan outside of the nature of this particular loss. But as you mentioned, every team in this NBA in the league is good, man. And teams are getting better. The, the Lakers are a team that, you know, we'll get into this a little bit later in well, the Clint, show. Clint, could, let, let me just interrupt yeah. for a quick second. You know why they're getting better? Because they were chasing the Lakers. They had to get better, right? Yes. They were chasing Brooklyn. They had to get better. So That's fine. There, there, were, there was a certain... Um, 
I guess you could say, a certain portion of the league that got worse because they knew they had no chance. And then a certain portion of the league is like, well, we got to go all in now or we can't hang with the Lakers and the Nets. But continue with your point. And let's not forget either that probably the biggest series win in their playoff run last year was not in the finals. It was against the Nuggets. That required an amazing play from Anthony Davis. Like, sure. I, I think people don't sort of put into perspective – I think what the overall capabilities were of this particular unit. You want to say, oh, well, they're the Lakers. So many rings, X amount of people, LeBron James, this, that, and a third. They should win just because. That's not how it works. You see what I'm saying? The competition in this league is too high to have that kind of no margin for error situation and expect to be able to just cruise. That was never going to be the case. And when you run up against a guy like Devin Booker who pulls up in a Buick Grand National looking like Del Zenzel Washington coming out of training day, I mean, that man meant business last night. You know, I ain't seen nobody that locked in in a long time. Not, I'm, not, I'm not using this context in – I'm not comparing this man to Michael Jordan, but he hit six threes, seven threes in the first half or whatever. The last time we saw that of any ill accord was when Jordan did it against the Blazers and he was just unconscious. I mean, you can't really account for that if you're really any team in the NBA right now, you know, and especially not if you're injured, and especially not if you're still trying to figure out who you are from a gelling standpoint. So I say that all to say that I think the Lakers lost to a better team last night. However, that's nothing to be ashamed of because of all of the stuff we've seen occur over the course of this season. You know, you said something about Phoenix, and I'm one to – I had some people hit me up. Uh, you know, believe it or not, uh, Clinton, they were critical on me on social media. I didn't oh, know that wow. happens in the social Stunning. media world. Yeah, Stunning. but uh, – but I, I had people saying, you know, Alan, you showed no respect to the Phoenix Suns. I, I thought I picked before the series started. I, I said Lakers in six. Okay, that was my mm-hmm. that was my pick there. And it's not that I didn't respect Phoenix. It's I just had so much confidence in the Lakers if they were healthy. Okay, I listen. It was a bad draw for the Phoenix Suns to get the Lakers in round one, in my opinion. Now Travis was making a different case. He's like, listen, if you're going to play the Lakers, get them in round one because they're not. Yeah. They may not gel. They may not be perfectly healthy as the playoffs progress. They're going to get healthier. Um, Devin Booker was a bad man this 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 uh, first round. DeAndre Ayton was the best big man in the series, primarily right. because Anthony Davis was out. But Ayton had good games almost every single game. So I, I think I also walk away with the Phoenix Suns saying, I, and I still believe this, if Anthony Davis was healthy, Lakers are going to win this series. That's my opinion. Maybe I'm being a homer, but I don't feel like I am. I, I just think that's AD's impact on this Lakers team. But Phoenix, that's a team that could get to the Western Conference Finals. You and I are not going to blink an eye. That's no. a team that can go, whoever they play in the Western Conference Finals, can go seven games, and it's a coin flip of who gets to the finals. That's kind of how wide open the Western Conference is now, and I'll give, I'll give my credit to the Phoenix Suns. And I'll say even to that point, another reason why sort of beating the Lakers and beating AD and beating LeBron, even if they are hobbled, matters is because exactly that. They're the defending champions. When you knock off the defending champions, that adds a level of confidence to your squad that I think propels you. I would not be stunned at all if the Suns made a run to the finals simply because of how well they played against the Lakers. Whether or not they were hobbled or not, I just feel like there's nothing to be ashamed of at this point. Sure, you might question some decisions, but I don't think necessarily that you. it was just a given that they were going to be able to walk into the you know another Larry O'Brien trophy. It's too hard in the league to win back-to-back, never mind on a shortened offseason, never mind with sort of an aging nucleus, if you will, that still exactly hadn't figured it out after so much turnover in the offseason. Do you think, um, and this is something that you know we get Laker fans to chime in on, how much of a factor do you think this season played out because of how last season played out for the Lakers. So, uh, and I'm not saying this is 
I'm not going to compare this, but Miami's out in the first round. Yeah. Um, Lakers obviously out in the first round. Now Miami got swept against Milwaukee. Milwaukee made some offseason additions. Uh, so maybe this th- doesn't have that much to do with it. But are you one of those that thinks because that offseason was so short for the Lakers that that definitely had an effect into the season? Or do you think, no, that didn't have as much of an effect? I think it had an effect on the Lakers. I think it had an effect on a lot of teams, but each team's effect was different even if they came together for the same result, if that makes sense. I think Miami went on a heater, and they ended up making a run to the finals, but they probably were not exactly even that good. I think the Lakers, from an age standpoint, I think the Lakers from – refrigerator's going crazy over here. I think the Lakers from a roster makeup standpoint – they, again, you know, the Palinka issue, again, we'll get into this later in the show. The Palinka issue is an interesting one because, look, they lost a lot. You know, the Schroeder addition at the cost of Rondo, if you want to just put those right next to each other, sure. is one thing. Danny Green is another. Um, Andre Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. And listen, I'll put Dwight and JaVale in the same position because they were two guys playing the same position. Sure. That's 12 fouls, and that's plenty more minutes. Andre Drummond turns out to be a DNPCD in an elimination game. So there's a roster construction element, I think, that is a huge part of this. I'm not on the fire Palenka train, calm down, do not jump in my mentions. But I do think there's something to be said about, like, maybe you didn't need to change so much, you know? And maybe, rather, what you had was going to be the best version of what you were going to get. And that's, I think, sometimes kind of hard to gauge until you come up against a situation like this where the defending champion bows out in the first round and it doesn't even go seven games. You After know, having to play in to the tournament, might I add. That's, uh, that, that's, a, that's a fair question to ask because I've, I've been avoiding this question. When Laker fans have brought it up, when they've said, hey, you know what, um, I think uh, Rob Palenka outsmarted himself this, this offseason. Why didn't you just run it back? Why don't you bring back the crew that you had and you got all those guys that have championship experience and um, and then there Palenka went out and they got they got younger. They got more talented, right? Dennis Schroeder. You got Montrez Harrell. How'd you get Montrez Harrell for that kind of a contract? We we didn't even know he was in play. Um, right. Mark Gasol comes to the Lakers, so now you have a different style of big man that's not going to be a rim protector, but he's going to be able to kind of stretch the floor and keep keep space open in the middle for the Lakers. Veteran, etc. Veteran, yeah. champion. So Lakers took, obviously, a different game plan in the offseason, and I think a lot of Laker fans coming in, the Dwight Howard one I heard the, I heard the most, like, no, 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 don't get rid of Dwight. you got to keep Dwight. And I understand that. The playoff, Rondo, here's the reality with Rondo. He went and signed a $15 million contract with the Hawks. Um, you know, where the Lakers going to use all their money to go to Rondo instead of a guy like Montrez. So I, I get what they did, but that doesn't mean you can't criticize those decisions. But I, wh- one of the things I wanted to do, with, and I, I mentioned this to Lake fans, I'm like, let's wait till we get to the offseason. Let's let this thing play out first. We didn't have to wait very long. So we obviously no. got there uh, much sooner than we thought. Okay, l- let's do this when we come back. We uh, we got all the uh, phone lines uh, lit up here, so we're going to get a chance to hear from Laker fans, so we're going to do that. Um, we certainly want to continue to spend time on this Lakers topic, and, what, and whatever you know specific topic you want to get into, we're going to get into it. Uh, but the other thing I want to mention, Clinton, at 9.45, we usually do Ask Slee. Yes. This morning, we're going to do a combination, a hybrid here. Ask Slee, Ask Yates. So hit me up on Twitter, at Alan Slee, or hit uh, Clinton Yates up. It's at Clinton Yates, right? Yep, that's it. All right. Hit us up on Twitter. Your phone calls are coming up next. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Travis and Sliwa Show. Clinton Yates filling in for Travis Rogers. Therapy session. All right, Clinton, 
You know, I appreciate Morales trying to say that we're going to give therapy. I need therapy. I was going to say. How am I going to be? I'm the therapist in the, <laughs> this whole thing. I was going to say, playoff Sliwa goes to off-season Sliwa first, yeah, over first the course round of exit. four minutes in the first quarter. So, yeah. First round exit Sliwa. All right, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Um, this is the main topic for me, Clint, before we get to the calls. The Lakers did not lose this year because they weren't talented enough. The Lakers, in my opinion, didn't lose this year because Coach Vogel should have played Montrez Harrell more minutes in the postseason. The Lakers didn't lose this year um, because some of those offseason acquisitions, the Lakers lost because they just couldn't get healthy. And I'm not telling you that Anthony Davis, if he's healthy, Lakers run the Western Conference and go take Brooklyn in six games because I can't make that prediction, but I certainly feel like Lakers would have had a legitimate chance to win a championship. They never got healthy. They never got that opportunity, and that's what happens in sports. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Let's take some phone calls here. Let's start off um, Let's start off with Oscar in Baldwin Park. Oscar, appreciate you calling in. You're on with Alan Sliwa and Clinton Yates. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. A uh, couple, uh, couple points, man. First of all, I'm not bashing the Lakers, you know. I think last year had a lot to do with them. This year, you know, they did, they dealt with a lot a lot last year. You know, obviously with the death of Kobe and all that, a lot of other stuff going on. So I'm not gonna bash them for that. It, it happened. They lost. First round is done. Uh, from a roster standpoint, um, I think they need more depth at the guard positions. Uh, if Alex Caruso is your first guy off the bench, I think kind of have a problem. I, I like him, like his game, but I don't think he should be your first guy um, guy off the bench from a guard uh, guard position because. The, the the other guards always torch the Lakers. That's been been going on for a long time, you know. So I, I think they need a young scoring two guard um, and put LeBron back at the point. I think they were better last year like then, and hopefully Davis comes in shape. And um, you know, just they got to tweak the roster, but they're right there. They're still going to be. I think they'll still be competing for next year. I don't see nothing. You know, they, they should still be there next year. Appreciate so, you calling. Yeah. Thank you, Oscar. Appreciate it, man. Hey, Clint, is it uh is it crazy to say this that? You know, LeBron and Anthony Davis, obviously, the foundation of the team. You know they're coming back. But I, I don't think anyone's really a guarantee or a lock after that. And I'm this isn't, hey, go turn over eight players on the roster, ten players on the roster. But I, I think it's safe to say that whatever Rob Palenka feels, and, and by the way, LeBron James and Coach Vogel and Anthony Davis think gives them the best shot at winning an NBA championship, it's okay to look at any guy on that roster and say, if it's not this guy and it's this person, um, do we have a better shot at winning? Do you agree with that, or do you think there, there's some guys that are locked, guaranteed, got to come back? I don't think that's crazy, but the only reason you would even sort of soft protect guys, if you will, is to guard against your own sort of like dignity and your own moves. I mean, that's the problem with once you start turning things over is that you got to keep turning it over until it works. You know, so the caller made a good point about what they probably need, but to say that they're right there, I think is misguided. I mean, if they were right there, this would not be as much of an issue. They're a long way from knowing what the full strength is going to be in a normal NBA season from a health standpoint. Now, to your point, yes, I think health is the most important thing, but I don't think it's the only thing. And so I agree with you. There is a number of players that could go. Dennis Schroeder's one of them. He's an unrestricted free agent. And a know, lot of the guys, guys think, a lot of the guys they they brought in last season can go, right? And I'm and, yeah, and, that, I mean, and that's, that's not and that's not up to the Lakers. That that could be strictly up to the player. Exactly. And that's the thing is that you've got to figure out and this is where this actually from a legitimate basketball standpoint gets really difficult, which is who's going to work with 
another a year older LeBron and an Anthony Davis whom will just say it at 100%. You know, if you've got to replace that many people, you have to almost overhaul your entire sort of strategy for basketball at that point. It's a very difficult task once you start moving two, three guys because of the advanced age at this point of LeBron. You can't just say, all right, we'll throw out. But the, the LeBron and the non-LeBrons used to be a winning formula in the NBA. Even if you add AD, I just don't think that that's a smart way to go about it anymore. And so guys like Caruso, you talked about guys like Schroeder, who we mentioned, the Kuzma element is huge here. And this is something that I say all the time that people tend to forget because transaction Twitter is such a big deal in the NBA. Sometimes you just got to get better. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just have to develop into better basketball players from a skill set standpoint and from a chemistry standpoint because you can't always just pluck somebody out of nowhere and assume that they're going to make your team better or that they're going to fit the same way. There's a couple of cases like that here for the Lakers. Sure, you make some moves, but some guys just have to improve, and I think that's what we saw in terms of their shortcomings in the Sun Series. Uh, I'm going to throw this out to Laker fans because I, I think that's an interesting one. You bring up Kuzma. Um which Lakers player were you most disappointed with this season? You know, it just – and you could make a case for a few guys here where you had higher expectations. So 877-710-ESPN, if there's a player that you thought really was going to take that next step this year or um, one of the offseason acquisitions that you brought in that just didn't work out. So you can feel free to comment on that. Um, let's go to Kevin in L.A. Kevin, thank you for calling in, bud. You're on with Alan Sliwa and Clinton Yates. Thank you. <clears throat> Very – uh big loss for the Lakers last night uh, set, set us back. Kyle Kuzma, very disappointed. Um, don't sign uh, Schroeder to 100 mil. Uh, don't sign Caruso either because he's going to command a lot of money, but somebody's going to overpay for him, and I hope it's not us. Uh, Anthony Davis had no business being in the game last night, and we should have ran it back with uh, – the team that won it last year. I mean, at least give it a shot. Um, it was horrible. The chemistry on the Lakers was horrible. Thank you for taking my call. Kevin, appreciate it. Um, yeah, how about that yesterday? By the way, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's Home Quote Explorer gives you multiple quote options. So you can pick, pick what's right for you. See for yourself at Progressive.com. Um, how about that yesterday? How, how I, I'm going to put Kuzma to the side for a quick second. Mm -hmm. Do you know how awful that felt yesterday to watch Anthony Davis try to give what he oh. can for the Lakers? Was that not the worst thing? I, I, I got to be honest. It, it's one thing. It's one thing, Clinton, to lose a game and the playoffs are over. Yesterday just had a different feeling to it, and part of that had to do with I felt so freaking bad for Anthony Davis. And you know, one of the things I was starting to question for myself, I'm like, is AD? Is he coming on the floor to try to shut up some of those people that won't stop talking about what type of player he is? And and if he was, if he was trying to do that for them, I can't tell you how much that pisses me off that he shouldn't try to prove anything to any of these idiots, to be honest with you, because for people to try to question what his pain threshold is and whether he should play on a, a strained groin or not, is such BS for you know what we should be analyzing? We should be analyzing how the player looks on the floor, what he's doing right, yeah. what he's doing wrong. What we shouldn't be saying is, well, you know what? Uh, if it was a different player, he'd play through it. How the hell do you know what pain that he's feeling? I couldn't stand that yesterday. That's the worst part of it, about yesterday, to be honest with you. I find that I find that uh, that method of communication professionally irresponsible, even if it is honest. 
in terms of what guys think that they think about other dudes. Dave McMenamin, obviously, who covers the Lakers and has for years for yeah. us, he said he talked to Schroeder after the game, and Schroeder said, dude, he couldn't even move around in warm-ups without falling all over himself. To me, and I'm not going to start jumping on team doctors here because I understand that when a big star feels that he has to get into the game, there's some level of deference that you just have to take. But, like, I'm the organization. I'm looking at this like, hey, we'll just take this bullet for you. We'll say, listen, AD's not playing. You see what I'm saying? Because we can't have this getting worse. That's the kind of place where I want a front office to step in and you know show a little fortitude. Clint, Clint, you know what would happen if he didn't play yesterday? I'm telling you, I'm telling you. A lot of people would have been grabbing a mic this morning and last night, and they would have sat there saying, you know, I, I don't know about Anthony Davis. The guy's injury prone. He didn't even try to go out there and play. Uh, other players would have done this. I'm telling you, Clint, that, that's what would have I happened. get it, but that's not, to me, that's not why, like for the same reason that you don't play in order to satisfy the bloodlust of right. randos on television You're is right. the reason why you don't sit there and worry about what somebody's going to say the next day. You mm -hmm. have to have the organizational fortitude to make the right decision. I'm not saying that they were negligent. That's not what I'm implying at all here because I think all of the factors at play make sense. The guy wanted to play, and he could walk, and so you put him on the court. He hit the biggest shot of the playoffs last year for the Lakers. If he wants to do it, you're paying him $43 million a year. You let him do it. However... God forbid he made anything worse than that kinetic chain from below the waist because that has looked bad for the better part of six months. And I hate that for him. You know what I'm saying? Because now his, 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 his toughness is getting questioned, which is ridiculous. And you didn't get anything out of it anyway. Five minutes. 25 seconds. Bro, when, Not exactly uh, when, solid when, contribution from him. Tip-off. Actually, even before tip-off. You ever seen uh, Lakers have a, a pre-game pre routine after they call the starting lineup? I don't know if you've ever seen this before, okay? Yeah. But AD's standing on the sideline, and what he does, like the whole team huddles up, and he kind of stands on the sideline, and then he runs towards the middle. They all jump up together, three, two, one, let's go, whatever they do. Okay? Boom, yeah. So I was kind of paying attention to that because Anthony Davis, when he usually does that, I mean, there's some, there's some good energy there, right? You're trying to get yeah. your team riled up. And I'm watching him, and he starts looking like he's going to do it, and then he just walks over there. A couple of the guys are laughing. Like they knew that he wasn't going to be able mm. to do the way he usually does it. And I'm like, okay, that says something. And then you start seeing him from opening tip-off. I'm like, yeah, this dude should not be playing number one. And I respect what Anthony Davis was trying to do. I just hope he wasn't trying to shut some people up that were questioning his heart, that were questioning. And this wasn't just a national thing. This was happening right here in Los Angeles where people are comparing Anthony Davis to other Laker greats. It's just not right to do, but I guess it comes with the territory, what they should have done ultimately as much as Anthony Davis was trying to show people, listen, I'm going to give this everything I got. Forget everybody else. Take care of yourself. Take care of the big picture. And obviously try to give it a go, and he had no shot at it. None at all. I mean, and this is what I think. And, again, this is not a knock, but this is where a place you want to talk to me about improvement in the offseason. This is where your teammates – your coaches, your organization comes through. If they have a solidified front and they say, we made a decision for the sake of this franchise for Anthony Davis, I think a lot of people would just say, okay, if everybody's in agreement, what sure. are you going to do, throw out the Lakers as a fan altogether? No, but because it's kind of here, kind of there, you open yourself up for a lot of criticism that I think could have been avoided if, let's just say, Palinka, Vogel, and LeBron had said, we're in the interest of the Lakers in the long term and Anthony Davis in the long term, not necessarily one game against the Suns. Well, hats off to AD. I do love this. Uh, obviously, this dude as a Laker who tried to go yesterday. Here's the reality. He's been here for two seasons. They already got one championship under their belt. So now we start planning for uh, 
obviously for next season. All right, uh, more of your phone calls coming up next. Alan Sliwa, Clinton, uh, Clinton Yates. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. Yeah, I did send uh, Chris Morales. I sent him a text. I said, Chris, please know. And he's like, yeah, for sure. We're still doing it. We're still doing it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, for uh, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the show appear via the Goodyear hotline. Uh, we're talking, obviously, Los Angeles Lakers basketball. We'll continue to do this throughout the show. 710 ESPN will continue to do this throughout the day. Kellerman coming up next and Mason in Ireland. And then, of course, after that, SLK, Sedano, LZ, and Cap. Um, I want to go back to uh, the phone calls here. Take a few more calls, and uh, a little bit later I want to react on some different sound that's coming out from uh, earlier today in regards to the Lakers' loss to the Phoenix Suns and obviously being eliminated from the playoffs. Let's go to... Let's go to Armando in Cerritos. Armando, thank you for calling in, bud. Hey, good morning, guys. I just wanted to say thank you to the Lakers, their effort, and the whole organization regarding the circumstances. I'll tell you what, I don't think they get that enough, so I appreciate them. I'm sure the management will make changes, and uh, I hope the Clippers don't win. (laughs) (laughs) Armando, a true Laker fan there. You know, it's funny, Clinton. Thank you for calling in, Armando. First of all, let me just say this. He is right. I think, you know, so many times we're – Clint, just think about this. It is not easy to win championships in sports, right? No. It's just not. I mean, it's one of the – I'm from San Diego. They've literally, when I say they've never won a championship, they've literally never won a professional championship. <laughs> L.A., it seems like, you know, one of the teams are winning every single year, if not multiple teams in the same year. What the Lakers have built and what they've been able to do over the course of – you know, in the modern era, they have 11 NBA championships. Um, it was obviously an incredibly tough rebuilding process to get back on top, and the Lakers did it uh, last season in the Orlando bubble. But the expectations are back. You know, Laker fans are back. It's not about draft picks anymore. Uh, it's about winning championships again. And if it wasn't for Anthony Davis going down with an injury, I, I do feel like Lakers would have had a legitimate chance. But you, you should tip your cap to the organization. This is not a, This is not a franchise that loses in the first round or loses in the second round and they're okay with it. It's championship or bust every single year. No no different this year. I also think, though, that there's something to be said for the previous season in which, you know, I kind of I fold this season in. I mean, I, I cannot stress enough, and I talked about this so much last season where people said, oh, well, if LeBron and the Lakers win this season, is it like a cheapened championship? And I'm saying, are, are you kidding me? Do we remember where this franchise was when Planet LeBron crashed into Laker Nation? Magic Johnson himself walked away from the team. Walton, gone. Next thing you know, chaos. Then the late, great Kobe Bryant passes. LeBron manages to steward the franchise through that. COVID hits, gets them to the playoffs, wins the championship. Like, sorry, you're, I've got a couple of grace years for the Lakers based on all those things alone that many other franchises would not have been close to being able to weather. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, okay, 
the the standards might be championship or bust, but the situation in which you won the last championship to me is enough of a salve to cover over a couple seasons of bruises and cuts, in my opinion. So yeah, this might have been a letdown, but like let's not forget how hard that last one was, not just in terms of the basketball, but everything involved as far as Laker Nation is concerned. All right, let's try Paul in Studio City. Paul, thank you for calling in, bud. You're on uh, the Travis and Sliwa Show with Alan Sliwa and Clinton Yates. Yeah, I just wanted to contribute, uh, trying to cover uh, quickly the angles here, starting from the top down. I don't blame Rob Palenka at all. I think the moves he made were smart moves, plus people aren't factoring in. You couldn't bring everyone back if people wanted more money. He's got to do more than just bring people back. It's not like they're going to say, yeah, I'll just take the minimum after winning a league title. Rajon Rondo became more expensive. Dwight Howard sure. became more Everyone became more yeah. expensive. So he had, to, he had to make good choices, and I think he made great choices. The problem is with the injury carousel that happened this year, the whole season, you got to remember this team came out as the hottest team in the NBA to start the year when we were healthy. I think we were 21-9. and nine. We were looking like the defending champs. We were the favorites to win it all. If this team is healthy and so forth, oh, watch out for the Lakers. Then the, car- the, the injury carousel started, starting with AD, then eventually LeBron. And I think we need to pay attention to the fact that, look, I, I support LeBron. I like him as a Laker and all that. But we got to be realistic about where he's at in his career. Two out of the three seasons he's been with us, he has suffered a major injury. This is not going to get better. He's on the wrong side of father time. That's a factor. So I think Rob's going to have to look at a contingency plan. We need a superstar, a third superstar. So that's his job. Coach Vogel, everyone. We lost you there, Paul. Appreciate you calling in. Appreciate you calling in, Paul. Uh, I don't know if Funch, uh, you know, lost him on purpose. Like, oh, the guy's taking over the show, Clint. I, I didn't feel like <laughs> for a second I was like, I'm going to go take a segment off. No, he, he had he had some really good points. I, I, the, no, the he one makes thing, a good point. But I, the I one thing I'll say, Clint, Clint, I, I think ahead. the one thing I'll say, when, when you say about – you know, I, I think when you start talking about LeBron and what happens from here and go grab an, a third superstar, first of all, going to go grab a third superstar, we can't make it sound like you're, you know, going to your local Starbucks and grabbing a, a, I was a, say, a cup of coffee. They're not growing on trees outside of Staples Center. Like, a, a cup what? of coffee. But it doesn't mean – I'm going to give you an example. There was a lot of chatter about, and it's easier to make the noise now. Should the, Lakers, should the Lakers have gone after Kyle Lowry right before the trade deadline, right? Yeah. Should they have traded Dennis Schroeder and Kuzma and let's say THT, just as an example? Um, here's the reality. Reality is they're going to need a player like Kyle Lowry. I, that part I agree with, where he's not in his prime, but he's a champion. He's kind of towards the end of his career, and he can help you win a championship in the short term. They need a... Th- a bona fide, that's the third best player. It's almost like, I don't know if this is a good example or not, but you got Giannis, you got Chris Middleton, and then Drew Holiday came, right? Okay. The Brook- Brooklyn Nets is completely different. Let's not even talk about that because that's such an anomaly. That's a totally of, different foundation of what, what they've built yeah. and everything else. Right. But I think because LeBron is going, going to be going into his 19th season next year because Anthony Davis has shown in his career um, – it's not going to be either ordinary if he goes down with an injury, needs some time. You know, you want these guys to be healthy for when the playoffs come. I think instead of having just a bunch of role players, you might have to have that one guy that's been there before, maybe even won a championship. But he's not an all-star caliber today, but he's had that in his experience in the past. Uh, You know, I I agree with that, but I don't know that that's – 
I don't know that that's going to be enough. To me, that's what works when you have the role players that make sense. And when you look at some of the other moves that were made in terms of how they were executed from the, from the floor standpoint with Vogel, that's a trickier combination than we think. Again, Andre Drummond, DNPCD in an elimination game. That is mm-hmm. stunning to me. The trade situation didn't exactly work out. For a large portion of the latter part of the season, people were like, where's Mark Gasol? We can't even see him on the court. So that veteran leadership that you thought you were going to have wasn't there. So there's there's something to be said for not just the acquisitions, but you know the execution of how you're going to get these guys in. And I, listen, if all of those other parts were working, I do think a Kyle Lowry would make a lot of sense. But you might need somebody who's a young gun who, you know, people don't might necessarily think is going to be that good, but is going mm. to blossom. You know, uh, so that's what I meant. Can when it be THT? Too young. Uh, I I, I don't know that he's maybe too young. Also, maybe the ceiling is not as high as people think on THT in terms of like what the star power is. I think THT is a is a great basketball player on a good team kind of thing. You know, that's the kind of role he fits into me. But, you know, I, I mentioned the name Bradley Beal just because, like, not that he's an available player, but, like, that's the kind of player I think about. You know what I mean? A guy who's a, a third team, all, uh, you know, all-NBA guy, somebody who is burgeoning. I think you need somebody on the front side of the hill, not necessarily the downside of the hill, considering the depth of this team is something that's in question right now, Slee. All right, let's take a call. Uh, Clint, I don't know if you know how this works. Uh, Travis's branches, they're international, okay? So, oh, right, of course. Me, it's like a five-mile radius out of downtown L.A. Travis is all over the world. Um, calling from the country of Columbia. We appreciate Columbia. you tuning in. Frank, what is going on? Thank you for calling. Hey, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, big fan. I, I lived in L.A. for 15 years, so that's kind of how I started, you know, following Lakers, and I, 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 I saw his show, and I, and I love it. I just want to bring a couple points. Number one, Rob, I love him. Great. Best friend of Kobe. Uh, he better learn from his experience. He's new in this, in this type of position, and he probably learned now that that better, better leadership than we needed was not a Marcus Hall and was not the players that we had. And we need to make some big adjustments because our team, when LeBron was, was not playing and AD was not playing, sometimes there were games when they have no heart. And I don't know if it's the coaching staff and I don't know if it's the players itself, but th- there was a lot of games where they played with no heart and they were losing and games that we could have won if we were playing as a team, defensively and offensively. And the other thing is the biggest disappointment, Kuzma. I think as Lakers fans, and I, I think I speak like – most of the Lakers fans right now, we gave him enough time. We gave him as much as he needed. He knows the system now. He knows what, a little bit more about his role. He should have done better. We expecting him to do better, especially with AD and, and LeBron out, and he didn't. So those are the two things I want to brought out to you. I think that the first person should be traded would be Kuzma. Appreciate it. Out there. Frank, appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. Um, you know, Clint, it's kind of interesting when I hear the regular – Lakers didn't – I heard Lakers didn't play with heart. They didn't do this, regular season, all this stuff. It's kind of interesting. I, I feel like the Lakers, during the regular season, they were strategically like we got to kind of save our bullets here for the yeah. postseason, right? So it's not – listen, it's not ideal. I mean, I think the teams that had a really good regular season this year, they're rolling right now, right? I mean, and, and whatever the circumstances are. But there is something to clicking in the regular season – before you get into the playoffs. I never felt like the Lakers had that luxury to treat the regular season with a proper amount of respect. I almost feel like this is where the NBA is going to. This might be a bad mm. a bad um, 
progression for the NBA. You don't like this trend at all? Well, I I think what's happening is players are obviously kind of determining how much they're playing, the load management, this and that. And that's probably more of a science thing, right, where they're determining, hey, over the long haul, this is what you have to do. But there's definitely something about, um, you know, uh, there's definitely something about getting into that, that groove going into the playoffs. Lakers never... Lakers had zero uh, chemistry kind of walking into the playoffs because of the scenario that they're in. Okay, we got to go to break. But let me just say this. Laker fans, we're going to take a ton of phone calls the rest of the way. Coming up next, we have Ask Slee and Ask Yates. So we're going to do that as well. But if you're on hold right now, don't go anywhere. Um, As soon as we're done with uh, that segment, we're going to continue to take some of these calls. So stay right here. Alan Sliwa, Clinton Yates. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show. All right, we appreciate you guys tuning in. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Uh, Clinton, it's kind of funny here. You know, we do two hours a day of radio, and all the actual sports stuff that we get in, I'm like, wow, that was really good. Chris and yeah. Travis are like, yeah, we don't care about that. Let's go to Ask Slee. Let's just ask Slee. All right, so this one, let me let me throw out a couple here, and – we're gonna uh, we're gonna kind of change this up a little bit here. We're gonna ask Lee, right. and we're also gonna ask uh, ask Gates. I am ready. My body is ready, as the kids say on the internet. Okay, the first one here. Is that what they say? Yeah. Because I don't know. Because we were doing something a couple days ago. Uh, Funches was telling me the newest thing on TikTok was watermelon and mustard. I'm like, what? What are we doing here? What's That's going on? Disgusting. In life? What's going on? Watermelon in life? and mustard. I don't yeah, eat I don't wa- By the way, let me tell you something, Funches. I'm so black, I don't eat watermelon. All right, know that. All right, understand that. All How right, do you, step that's, one. Let's first of all, that's the, greatest, that's the greatest fruit that I, I've ever had in my life. I love watermelon. Okay, let's keep Delicious. Going. All right, Matt uh, Capitano Matt on Twitter says, Today is National Donut Day. Are you going to Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts? Travis likes both. Yeah, it's amazing what they do with Travis. This guy just has become just such a a food guy and has uh, accepted it. Okay, National Donut Day, if you got to pick between Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts, which one are you going to, Clinton? Okay, so because I am not exactly the hugest sweets guy, let me give you the breakdown of how I roll. This is a true story. Yesterday. Can I I just say – if, if you were sitting here with Travis, he would have already interrupted. And so what, what do you mean you're not a sweet guy? What, what are you talking about? You don't have oh, – I got four donuts you know, before I even wake up. You know what? Travis is not a sweets guy. He's a savory guy, he claims. Oh. I like salty. That's how I roll. So okay. when I'm at Dunkin' Donuts, I just get old fashions. That's what I do. I'm so old. I put the donuts in the coffee. All right? I you dunk, dunk My the donuts man, I like in that. the coffee. However – Mm-hmm. When I go to Krispy Kreme, and my girl can tell you this is true because I went and got her some yesterday, I get the holes. You see what I'm saying? Mm. The holes are my jam at Krispy Kreme because they're just easier to eat. If I got to deal with that much sugar at once, yeah. the whole donut is a little too much for your boy. So I have different approaches. I got two different offenses depending on whether or not I'm facing the 4-3 or the 3-4 functions. That's how that works. Oh, that's awesome. I love that you just brought the NFL into this. Um, first of all, let me say this. The fact that... You sound like a very responsible donut eater. It doesn't sound like you're, you know, you're going out every day and having a couple of these. No. Um, I would do if I got to pick between the two. I'm going crispy, crispy cream over Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know what it is okay. about those crispy, and I'm not going there often. I don't know what it is, but it's like just that style of. I just need one of those, and I'm good like, to go. What did, what did Chris Rock say during the stand-up? He wouldn't be surprised if there was crack inside of it because it was so good. <laughs> did he say that? You know, yeah, Kreme he did. Is, he did really brand. say that. 
the brand is tremendous. You've got the neon light, you've got the hats, you've got the old school classic logo, yeah. but they're only really Legit. offering a variation on one or two things. Dunkin' Donuts has a much larger, but so, but much larger menu of things to offer from. So that's for me. That's just a, a selection element. Sometimes avocado people toast, like, I'm not doing that at Dunkin', but sometimes yeah, you know, people like the simplicity. You know what I mean? So this I think that's true. part of the allure. The part of the allure is I don't have to think. I just walk in. I know what I'm getting, and that's it. That's so sometimes you walk into a place and there's 39 items on the menu. I'm like, I'm telling my girl, I'm like, I don't know what I'm walking away with. I have no idea. I do what I'm have a away beef with. with Dunkin' Donuts that I have to express. It's not a real beef, but at the one near. Oh, my there crib, goes I there goes that sponsorship. Please no, 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 no. Listen, listen. No, this is We're an opportunity everybody. here. This is an opportunity here. Okay, at the Dunkin' Donuts near my crib in Venice. Mm-hmm. Now, what, here's what happens. I get a couple old fashions, and then I'll also often get a sausage, egg, and cheese on a muffin. They put them in separate small bags, and I ask for the medium bag. Now, the medium bag, however, Slee, is technically only for deliveries. So I got to go haggle with people over the medium bag because they don't want to give me that bag. They want to give me the huge bag, which I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't need the massive I got three dozen donuts bag. I need the bag that fits Two this items, a, not the bag that one item twice. You Funch, this is, an, this is an appearance thing. Uh, what Clinton doesn't want is people thinking he just grabbed 11 donuts on his way out. <laughs> but I will say this, Clinton. Got to respect. Got to respect the fact that they're separating. You know, they're, they're kind of separating church and state here. You got one <laughs> kind of meal, and you got the other kind of meal. You don't want your. You know, we're not going to a buffet where you're throwing everything on one plate. No, I, but I, I also don't that. like carrying multiple bags for no reason, <laughs> looking like a slob. You know what I'm saying? Like we can put them all in the same bag. It just doesn't need to be a gargantuan bag. You know all what right. I'm saying? So that's that's my only concern. Was is basically packaging. It's basically my only concern about everything in the world. Okay, let me read off another one here. Ryan and La Jolla. What does Slee have planned for the NBA offseason? This was actually coming yesterday. It just kind of shows people were expecting this. That starts in about two quarters. So the dude was sending it at halftime. First round round exit Slee. You know, it's kind of funny. I have – it's so weird to try to plan out your life during the playoffs because you don't know what the schedule is going to be. You have no idea how far the team's going to go. This season – they didn't even give out the times. Like, you were just kind of waiting to see. I'm like, is it a day game? Is it a night game? I have no idea. So I need a second to kind of comprehend it. But I will tell you this, Clint. In the very mm-hmm. near future, it's got to be – I got to go – it's got to be cabin, mountains. Like, I got to get away from it all. And I want to be able to do the show for like a week in some undisclosed location where Travis continues to ask me where I am and I don't tell him. Um, <laughs> it's got to be something like that. I need to kind of get away for at least a week. So look, this was, I mean, come on, Slee, this was, a, this was a layup that you just completely missed, which is this. The offseason plan is clearly the all-day live remote at the release of Space Jam 2. I mean, what are we talking about here? You know what I mean? We got to do the show from a theater, obviously, so that all the LeBron fans can show up. And see what's going on with the I'm revamped busy, I'm Monsters. busy that day. I'm busy that day. Oh, I checked okay, my schedule. Okay, I, I just checked I my schedule. Street clothes. That's, that's the day you're in the mountains. I get it. Okay, Okay, yeah. Clint, are you, do, you have, do you have some kind of any trips coming up for you? Anything planned? Yeah, I got a lot going on, man. So, you, so those of you who don't know me, you, you won't know that I'm a baseball guy. So the summer is basically when I'm at my busiest. All-Star Games coming up in Denver, moved from Atlanta this year. Omaha's coming up, College World Series. That's a big deal. We've got international soccer tournaments. Reminder, we are international on this program, Funches, in case you forgot. So there's a lot happening this summer. 
That's a big deal. And guess what? The Olympics still might actually go down. That's right. That's you know right. what I mean? So there's a lot on the sporting calendar because I'm into the other stuff. I'm not just a basketball and a football guy. So I got a lot of things going on. Well, if you need, uh, if anybody wants to volunteer for the Olympics, uh, go ahead and submit your name. I think 10,000 volunteers uh, dropped off in the last couple of days. Yeah. Okay, yes. one more that I want to read off here. This is John in Huntington Beach, uh, Fullerton. Would you chase a burrito with a submarine sandwich? Because the guy you're filling in for is into that sort of thing. Hashtag ask Yates. Let me tell you something okay. about Travis. I don't know if you know this, Clinton. Uh, Funch is as well aware of this. He has Chase made an argument that eating a burrito while you're driving is a normal thing. Like, hey, that's no big deal. Yeah, yeah, I just have the burrito in my hand, and I'm eating it as if he's eating a power bar or something. This is I, the guy we're dealing with with Travis. I don't hate that because, to me, there is a level of – and this is not <laughs> about burritos, but I feel that this is where – Travis is coming from there's a level of public shame in eating burritos where he's not gonna like invite anybody else out to see him do that because whatever <laughs> that carnage is is not something he wants to be visible for everybody else so it happens in the car the privacy of his own vehicle so I can see where that's the thing because burritos can get messy they're delicious but like you don't want to be out. bro you what gotta you do go? that at let, home let me, let me ask wait you no clink clink that's a burrito yes. not in a moving vehicle a burrito is a setup. You sit down. You're sitting on a couch. You open up the red sauce. You open up the green sauce. It's like a. It's a whole Sleep. experiment. Go Come grab on. your so drink. Amanda, go grab your Topo Chico. Our program director says, "Hey, let's go out for a business lunch. I want to discuss something. You're gonna call it burritos. You're going to burritos. I don't think so. There's a certain element of, you know, it, there's a fast food level." Uh, consumption rate with burritos that you don't necessarily want to do in front of everybody, maybe with your kids or with your family, but you're not just inviting anybody out for burritos because you know you're going to get down and that might get a little dirty. When I, uh, if I ever am meeting with the big execs, execs over at ESPN, uh, I'm going to tell them, guys, let's grab a couple burritos before we get into this meeting. I don't know if that one will work. All right, that is, uh, that is our Ask Slee slash Ask Yates Clint, good job there. Good job there. You I'm know, this kind of we're we're running, uh, doing this on the fly here. Okay, uh, back to the most important topic coming from yesterday: Lakers eliminated against the Phoenix Suns. When we come back, I think there's a very interesting topic that Stephen A. Smith brought up, and we're going to mm -hmm. play it. Stephen A. Smith, basically in a nutshell, said that he doesn't think Anthony Davis and LeBron James will win another championship, and he doesn't. He thought this year was the Lakers' best chance to win championship number two together. Uh, whether you agree or disagree with that, your phone call is coming up next, 877-710-ESPN. Alan Sliwa, Clinton Yates. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show on 710-ESPN.